Kia ora koutou. This is Stuff Explained. I'm Jess McCarthy, and I've got two words for you. Local government. Now, don't stop listening. We know. We know council and council stuff. It can be boring, but it affects your everyday life in ways you probably don't even realise. Thankfully, someone who does know is Dr Mike Reed, Principal Policy Advisor at Local Government NZ. So we got him on the line. Kia ora, Mike. Thank you so much for joining us and talking to us about the weird and wonderful world of local government. Good morning, Jessica. Delighted to help. If we can talk a little bit about voter turnout, I know that's probably something that's on your on local government New Zealand's mind all the time. It's it's nowhere near as high as it is for the general election. I think it was about 40% or just above 40% in 2019, the last set of elections, whereas the general election is usually around 80%. What do you put that down to? It's it's actually pretty easy to explain. Central government takes 90% of all our taxes. It spends 90% of taxes on public services. Local government, on the other hand, you know, it takes... It spends less than 10% of all our public revenue. A lot of its public services that councils provide are, are not things that people recognise immediately. You take them for granted. We don't recognise we're driving on local government roads. We don't recognise we're walking the dog in a local government-owned park. All of these things are not really top of mind, and they're not pressing in the same way that we'll be thinking about health policy, or we might be thinking about pensions, or we might be thinking about needing to travel overseas. So that difference in central local government turnout is a reflection of the different range of services that local and central government provide and how we think about them. Understood. Well, can you, you mentioned a few there, but can you talk me through some things that local government do provide that people might not fully be aware of? A lot of the local regulatory services are provided by local government are really important, but you may not be using them or aware that you're using them. You know, for example, if, if you're concerned about the noise that's coming from your neighbour's house, you'll go and ring a noise inspector who's again a local government service. When I go to a restaurant, I don't want to get campylobacter or food poisoning. And I take for granted that a local government food inspector has actually checked it out and, and made sure that's there. Even things like, for example, jobs. You know, who's promoting our town to tourists? Who's promoting our town to attract investment? And you'll find that there will be a, a, an economic development agency working behind the scenes to attract, you know, skilled workers to come to attract um, you know, new investment and technology to come to your town, but you won't necessarily be aware of that. One thing I know confuses the heck out of people, including myself, is the difference between regional councils and then local councils. What is Who's responsible for what, and why do we have to vote for two separate bodies like that? Yeah, well, that's a very good question, and it's not always clear, because not all the regional councils do the same thing. And the first point to notice is that so we have local government because communities are not the same. It's there to reflect the fact that you know, Invercargill is a different kind of place to Kaitaia in, in the north. You know, if, if we wanted a consistent service, then we'd expect central government to do it. It'll be the same all over the whole, whole of New Zealand. We have a single layer of local government with two types of council in it, a territorial council, which are the cities and districts, and a regional. And this was set up in 1989, and the regionals had a defined role that was primarily around environmental management. But we'll also have some other functions, um, and, and one of those as public transport. But that's not the same around the whole of New Zealand. So you'll get that variation, and that variation is quite important. So, for example, in Taranaki, they some years ago they decided that it didn't it wasn't efficient for the New Plymouth District Council to run the stadium, regional stadium because lots of people from outside New Plymouth used it, but we're not paying the full cost. So they actually actually asked the regional council, they had to go to Parliament to get a special bill to do it. 
to take over running the regional stadium. So we again that you know, it's, and that's the same with Wellington. So our the Wellington stadiums run by the regional council, not just by the district councils, because it's got that big regional you know focus. Let's talk rates, Mike. They only ever seem to go in one direction. It's probably the most um, interaction that a lot of people would have with their local council is paying their rates quarterly. Is this the smartest way that we should be funding the maintenance of our towns and cities? It is the number one issue in the local government world. The thing about rates, rates give citizens and their councils a high degree of discretion about how you spend your money. So there's a big advantage over that to a system such as we saw in the United Kingdom, where the money comes from central government, but it has a lot of tags attached to it. You know, So you get the money from central government, it can only spend it as central government decides. So Rates are good in the sense that it's raised locally and locally you decide how it's spent. We think rates are are a very sensible tax for local things, but we think councils depend too much on taxes and that there needs to be supplementary income, whether that would be a share of the GST that's raised locally or whether it's a level of revenue sharing where councils get a proportion of general taxes for for certain kinds of local services. Um, that, That has been debated for many, many years in New Zealand. I have to say it's not new. Now, I bet I can guess what your number one gripe is with your local council, and it probably goes a little something like rate rises. Now, I don't say this lightly, but we might need to cut our council some slack in that area, because as Mike explained, while it might feel like your rates are shooting through the roof, actually, they're not. Property taxes and rates only make up about 2% of our gross domestic product. Now, that's exactly the same percentage they made up 120 years ago. So rates go up, but they, interestingly, they don't go up faster than the economy grows. And that's in some respects because we elect people who who do not want to put the rates up. Unfortunately, a lot of those drivers that cause rates to go up are are pretty much outside the ability of your councillors to to influence a lot. The effects of climate change, the impact on our infrastructure, the fact that our, our pipes are starting to age, where our roads need repairing, Those are costs that council can't really avoid paying, and they're often really, really big costs. Accountability is probably going to be your answer to this question, but why would we have local government instead of a department of Auckland, a department of Tauranga, a department of Taranaki, and have it all under one central government umbrella? Uh, Well, because that model has failed wherever it's been tried, and, and, you know, that's that's the kind of, if you like, the Soviet Union model of the world. Um, And the, the reason is that actually... Where, wherever people live, there's this you know, inherent desire to want to have a say about how your community runs. And then the further you remove decisions from where people live, the less likely those decisions are going to be good for those communities. So when you move them to a higher level, in many cases, you're going to make decisions that are going to be one size fits all. Uh, and so how it's very hard for decision makers in Wellington to develop the right services for the Bay of Plenty at Whamanui or Christchurch. And at the centre, you don't have the information to know what those services should be. But they all, you also don't have the incentives or the accountabilities to ensure you do the right thing. You know, so in a sense, there's, bringing decisions close to communities ensures that, one, they're more accountable, but more likely to be a better decision. Interesting. So given that you're 51% of the vote away all the time from being wiped out, how how do you rate at the moment central government's respect of local government? Their relationship will always have tensions in it because councils want more, governments 
then governments can deliver. And sometimes governments want councils to do more than they want to do. And that's not unhealthy. It's just kind of that, that in that sense is life. But we do have really good channels of communication. Uh, and, and we work at ensuring that our leaders are constantly talking to each other. Mike, thank you so much for your time. Hopefully anyone who thought local government was boring has listened to this and they have changed their mind. That was an awesome chat. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much for the chance, Jessica. Well, that's it for this episode of Stuff Explained. I'm Jess McCarthy, and on behalf of our producers, Philippa Tolley and Jono Williams, thank you for listening. You can find more Stuff Explained online at stuff.co.nz and get our latest episodes wherever you get your podcasts.